What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. These overseas headwinds for Apple dragging the stock down last couple sessions and sparking a broader sell-off. Our dear Bosa is watching that in today's Tech Check. Hi, D. In China, the ever-present Apple risk lurking in the background until, of course, it isn't. So it's once again front and center, this time putting the company on track to lose some $200 billion in market value in just two sessions. Two issues are emerging here. I'll break it down for you. One, that report that China is restricting the use of iPhones at central government agencies. Tim Cook, of course, has been on this mission to diversify its supply chain to India in particular, but the company still currently relies on 19 percent of total revenue from China. The fear is that the ban on the government side could expand to state-owned enterprises, and that could put a real dent in sales because some of China's biggest companies are state-owned. The second issue here hitting shares, a potential resurgence of Huawei. Its latest smartphone being seen as the first significant threat to Apple's dominance in the market in years. Huawei, you might remember, it is the giant Chinese national telco equipment company that has been at the center of Beijing-Washington tensions a number of times over the years. The latest, the U.S. export ban, it essentially decimated Huawei's smartphone business by restricting its access to Google's Android, the operating system which its phones use. Now, this chart I'm going to show you, it shows you the winner of that move. Far and away, it's Apple. Its market share in China went from 56% to nearly 70% in just a few years, largely because of the effects of that export ban. B of A writes that Huawei's new iPhone could, new phone, excuse me, it's certainly not an iPhone. Its new phone could be an opportunity for it to increase shipments and regain market share of course, at the expense of Apple. Now, this also has broader implications. The phone uses an advanced chip made by a Chinese chip maker, SMIC, and that really represents a breakthrough for the country's semi-ambitions. And it's also an indication of how those U.S. sanctions have really rallied the Chinese state and its industry to work together to, for achievements like this. The timing also interesting for years as tensions ratcheted up and U.S. sanctions hurt homegrown companies like Huawei. Many have wondered, including myself, when China would strike back in a significant way. Now that it's here and it's affecting Apple, where does it stop, guys? I mean, it opens up a whole new chapter in, this, in the tensions between the two. So on the on the point you just made about the chips and semiconductors, that's pretty interesting. So is it did, did this defy expectations that Huawei would be able to even do this, make such an advanced chip in this phone because of the sanctions? Yeah. So SMC is making the chips, which Huawei is using. And SMC has SMIC, excuse me, has always been sort of where the hope rests. It's a state-backed organization in China that has been trying to make more and more advanced chips. This is, but it's still, I have to note, far behind what U.S. chip designers are able to manufacture and produce. So it is a breakthrough, and it could signal that they could have more going forward. But in a way, it also highlights the challenges, because it's still nowhere near, you know, the nanometer chips that our companies can produce. Yeah, definitely getting the attention of some uh, select committees on the Hill uh, this morning, D. Pretty interesting. Deidre Bosa joins us now, along with the aforementioned Dan Niles, <laughs> who says Apple is his single largest short. Deidre, over to you. 
Yeah, his name mentioned a few times in the last segment. So, Dan, we have you now um, on the line of Satori Fund. Thanks for being with us. You outlined a number of reasons why you're short, including those latest reports from China and, quote, no AI play. In your view, what is the biggest risk to Apple at the moment? Well, it's the one thing that hasn't come up in this last segment, which is what's the risk you're taking on for owning it? And one way to measure that is what's your P.E. ratio and what's the growth you're getting? So if you look at it from that standpoint, you're paying 28 times P.E. for Apple. Revenues grew 2% last year. They grew 1% this year. And you can buy the S&P at 21 times. So the multiple, if you look at it, is it actually expanded about 7% from two years ago, while the revenues are dead flat and the EPS is down. Now, by the way, if you think that's an aberration, if you go back to before COVID, Apple's revenues were down in fiscal 19. COVID just supercharged that revenue growth. And by the way, the four years prior to COVID, smartphone sales were down every single year, year over year, for the industry at large. So Apple really has benefited tremendously from this, um, you know, from COVID and everybody having to buy an iPhone or a PC. And if you compare it to the other mega cap mm -hmm. stocks that are comparable, so Google, Microsoft, Meta, their revenues are up between 10 to 22% or so over that same two-year time period. And their multiples have actually gone down about you know, 7, 8% or so, as mm -hmm. has the multiple for the S&P 500. So the risk is something that I know nobody cares about risk anymore with the belief that the Fed's going to bail you out every time the stock market goes down, or you're going to get stimulus checks. But that's the thing you need to think about, which you know a lot of people aren't. Well, that, that's why we have you on, Dan, to highlight some of those for us. Um, so I think what you're saying, though, is that over COVID, consumers were purchasing goods over services. And you're saying that that's going back. But what do you make of the argument around Apple that it's no longer reliant on iPhone sales, but it now relies on its installed base of over 2 billion devices? So its thesis going forwards is actually about that services side of things, which has been growing. Well, you got to remember, Deirdre, they had a big install base in 2019 as well. And their revenues, when you include the services growing really fast, was still down uh, that year. So mm -hmm. you can say services all you want, but here's the thing. Where's their growth coming from? It's coming from emerging markets. So if you look at China, where they're expanding into, the GDP per person there is a much lower. They're not going to be buying as much services. They're going to be buying more of the lower end of that lineup. And so you have to put it all in context of you can say services a lot, but what is it actually doing for revenues and earnings? As I said earlier, their revenues and earnings are exactly where they were two years ago. The other Magnificent Seven, by the way, you can buy it in much lower PE. So you can buy, you know, Google or um, Facebook or Mike, Google and Facebook in particular at 23, 24 times. The S&P is at about 21 times and you're getting you know, between 8 to 13% revenue growth from both of them. We don't own Microsoft for the, the reason um, that it's at a 32 PE, but its revenues at least are growing 9%. So I think you have to balance all that. And by the way, we own uh, Meta, Google as well. Intel's our largest position right now. We own Amazon. So we like big cap tech. We just don't like Apple. And we have a note on our website that goes into all the details around it. But if you think about the fourth quarter coming up, which is a retail quarter, you've also got 40 million student loan repayments starting on October mm -hmm. 1st, and the price of the iPhone is probably going to go up. 
So that's not a good mix in my mind when you look at it and you put in the PE and the growth rate. It's it's Kelly here. I just want to jump in with two quick questions are related. One is what's your dating history with Apple in terms of shorting it or being long or, or just uh, kind of track record. But the second is also I don't hear much of this conversation focused on China. I hear you talking about valuation and maybe that's going back to historical um, you know, U.S. student loan. I mean, is China as a risk something that's entering your investment world or not? No, absolutely. That's why if you look at our latest set of tweets, Kelly, I was just sort of mentioning valuation because it hadn't been brought up in the bull case because you can't bring it up because there's no defense. But if you look at China, yeah, that's a big issue because the thing you people forget is Huawei was 19 percent of the global smartphone market at its peak in, I think, the third or fourth quarter of 2019. Then the sanctions came in and their market share literally went to, you know, just collapsed. Now they've got their first new flagship phone since 2019. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Chinese government, at the same time that flagship phone is coming out, is talking about trying to you know, restrict uh, government employees and state-owned entities from having iPhones at work. And so you put that together, and Apple being 19% or so of um, sorry, 19% of Apple sales coming from China, this is a huge deal. And that's why in the, the uh, post we put out yesterday, we said, you know, Huawei's got this new phone coming out. We're selling our long. We're get, our plan is to get short. And as we thought about it more during the day, you know, given the valuation differentials and what we own in big cap tech anyway, we're like, this is a perfect uh, short against the longs that we have. And so that's why we put it on. So the, the catalyst is really China. Nobody cares about valuation until the stock starts going down and then people mm -hmm. have to do some homework. And so that gives you the downside risk in the name. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.